not just the universities on at the moment, but all the different universities in Birmingham and outside of Birmingham. We want to see the teen ministry be a teen ministry that's not just about, yeah, all the teens become disciples, but it's not just about protecting, but, but about influencing others in our high school. And for them to be the, the, the future generation for the church. We all, we all want a strong singles ministry. Where we have that flexibility of, yes, we're working, but, but okay, maybe we've got a bit more flexibility to be a shining light to a city that is comprised of mostly singles. We all want that. We all want that, but the question is, okay, but how do we... We all want that, but then it gets... Okay, but how? How do, how do we get there? And I believe that the book of Hebrews has a great answer to this. It's throughout the whole book, but... But we'll be looking at, at one scripture and then we'll be going through a bunch of other different scriptures of how to get there. So if you want to turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. It says, therefore, starting in verse 1, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off Everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Awesome scripture. Encouraging on so many different levels. And the book of Hebrews was, again, it was written to a church that was was getting a little bit older. They think it was anywhere between probably 65 AD and maybe 80 AD. So the church could have been anywhere from 30 to 50 years old at this point. Like us, we're, we're next year we're going to be 30 years old as a church. So there's things that we can think. Okay, well, maybe there's some things that these guys are going through that maybe we're going through, and that we can learn from. And again, so their church was was getting older, which is a great thing because we get maturity as we get older. And but one of the issues was is that they were starting starting to settle in to the world. We'll look at a few different scriptures that sort of show this. They were kind of losing that, um, losing that sort of wartime mentality, that uh, that excitement, that that enthusiasm. And they were starting to drift through life without focus, without that that energy and that passion. Their hands in some of the in some of the scriptures it talks about their hands were growing weak. And their knees were becoming feeble. They were beginning to, to drift, to meander. And so our first point is drifting. Drifting. Again, they were a church that, that had, would have had a lot of maturity, but again, they were, they'd probably gone for but We know for a fact they'd gone through some ups and downs. And they began to drift, to meander. And and the writer speaks to them, and, and, he, and he's saying, we need to keep 
our eyes on Jesus. When I think of when I think of drifting, of meandering, when you think of drifting, you think of a piece of wood like on the on the ocean or in down a stream, it drifts. Or a stream, a stream meanders. With all like the little especially in the winter with all the cute snow and the rocks and the trees and, and the little deers that, that drink from the water. That's what we think of when we think of meander. We think of drifting. But disciples, we aren't meant to meander. We aren't meant to, to drift. We're meant to, according to the writer of Hebrews, to run. To run the race. And that really is the title of our lesson today is the race of 2018. Looking ahead, the race of 2018. Disciples are are meant to run. The trouble is, it's easier just to drift. We've all felt that. We've probably felt that this week. We may have felt that today. It's easier to just meander in the crowd of life rather than run the marathon. And Hebrews 2 verse 1 says we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we've heard, so that we do not drift away. There's just this intensity that God tells us through the word here. The disciples were growing careless, lazy in their spiritual war. And we've, we've all, again, we've all felt that. And maybe you feel that now, the year's almost over. Maybe it's just kind of like, oh, what a year it's been. Maybe it's been tough. Maybe it's been tiring. And we just think, I'm just cruising to the finish. I just want the year to be finished. And we can begin to grow careless and lazy in our walk with God. That fire that was burning so brightly, maybe at the start of the year, maybe a couple of years ago, can become just a dull flicker. We think, man, there's been such little change in my life over the years. We feel no hope. We, we think, oh, can, can I really have an impact? Can the Word of God really change that sin in my life? Can it help this relationship? Can it help my friend who I've been reaching out to for so long? And we begin to, to doubt and many of us, I'm sure, whether now or at some point or in the past or in the future, have or will grow weary. And I know that towards the end of last year, uh, that, that happened to me. And I feel like it was, it sort of, I sort of still went to all the church service, obviously in midweek, when you get into a habit, you just do those things. But, but it got to a point where I'd, I'd wake up at 5.30, go to work 7.30, I'd work till about 6.30. And the last thing I wanted to do was go to midweek. I just, I really just want to go home. Sunday morning when you, you're chatting to people on Friday, what do you guys get up to the weekend? And they're like, I'm going to go to the beach on Sunday and sleep in. And, oh. We've all felt that. Maybe you felt that tonight coming here. And that's normal. But I think, I think the issue is, is that, that we, we lose what the importance of meetings of the body. And in Hebrews 3, verse 12 to 13, we'll just be looking at verses in Hebrews tonight. It says, See to it, brothers, you guys will know this one, that none of you have a, has a sinful and unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, 
These meetings are not trivial. God says there's so much at stake when we get together that we are to help one another. Be there when we fall down. Be there to rejoice with one another when we have victory. That we need to be there to, to help one another. We're to use times like this not to just chat about how it's going to be snowing on Friday, which is awesome. Not to just be chatting about parenting. We'll be talking about that afterwards. Hopefully it'll make all that cold weather worse. But we're not, we don't just come together to, to talk about those sorts of things. Yeah, we can. We don't come together just to talk about how Aston Villa might make it back into the Premier League. I think they might be burning. Burning and City, I just don't know. I But again, we can talk about those things, of course, but, but we don't just come together for those things. Cricket, oh yeah, we're talking about that. <laughs> and about, and about the, you guys may not know the rugby league, but Australia just beat England in the rugby league World Cup final. So we'll talk about that. <laughs> but no, but we come together for such times to, to help one another. To be brothers and sisters in arms. So much is at stake. And God is worried that, that some of the church in this, this book here were not seeing to it. We're not taking care. That they began to become lazy, have a sense of, of, of security that, that everything will be okay as long as I rock up. And again, we need to have, a, have an understanding that, that these meetings are not just trivial meetings. To not just assume that, that we can just meander and drift through life and everything will be okay. It was. Too much is at stake. And, and one of the results is, is when we've had a life of just drifting and cruising through spiritually is in Hebrews 5 verse 12. It says, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, we need someone to teach you the elementary truth of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. And the writer's not trying to be mean, trying to have a go. He's, he's disappointed. Because he says, you guys, you guys have been around for so long. You, it, enough time passed since you've been saved. You should be teaching a Bible talk. Teaching a family group. Teaching your neighbour how to become a Christian. Teaching one of the young brothers or sisters how to mature in the faith. He says enough time has passed. And again, he's not to get them down, but he's to say, let's keep going. Let's not just act like everything's okay and, and assume that if we cruise everything we're okay. He says, we need to see to it. Yeah. We need to not drink. We need to run the race. That's, that's who he's writing to. And I think, what, what about the Birmingham church? Again, we've been, been here for almost 30 years now. Does this describe us? Does this describe you? I think we need to take time as the year's coming to end to analyse how has the year honestly been for you personally, for your ministry, for your family group, 
Obviously, there's been victories. We need to, to praise God for those victories. But there's also been tough times, as there always will be. And we need to look back and, and think, Amen. Where did I maybe start to coast? Where did I start to just drift? And say, okay, how can that be different next year? How can, how can I, how can the church, how can my ministry really grow in 2018? Let's reflect on the year that has passed. And secondly, let's throw off. Throw off. And, um, and here again, the writer in, in, back in chapter 12, he, he says, Therefore, since we have, are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Again, so once we, once, if you're reading through Hebrews, once you've got to this point, you've read all those different verses that we've sort of gone through, and many more, and you've got this picture where the church is at. And you read this and you think, wow. You get an idea of what he was hitting at here. He's saying, yeah, we need to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that's so easily entangled. And the Greek word is basically just means to renounce. Like it's intense. Renounce, cast off. He's being intense. And he's, the, th- the thing is that I really want to focus on here is that he's not just saying cast off sin or throw off sin. He's saying, but everything that hinders. Don't, I think so often we ask, is it sin? Is it sin? If it's sin, I'll, I won't do that. He said, sure, but don't just ask that. Ask, is this hindering my run with God? Mm -hmm. He said, oh, tell me what's wrong with it about what we watch or what we listen to or what we talk about or relationships that we have or parties we go to, whatever. We say, well, what's wrong with it? If it's not a sin, well, I guess as long as it's not a sin, I'm all good. It's okay to watch sketchy movies as long as I don't fall into that temptation. I can go to parties as long as I'm not getting involved in those things. I can sit around at work and listen to some of the crude conversations as long as I don't say them or as long as I don't agree too much. Just a small, haha, yeah. No. It's anything that hinders. Again, asking the question, is it sin? That's like, that's like the lowest possible question we can ask. That's like, just step one. Is it sin? Okay, that's obvious I don't do that. What's next? Does it help my walk with God? If it's sin, I renounce it. But God's saying there are some other things too that we need to throw off. Does it benefit my walk with God? Does it benefit others' walk with God? Does it get in my way as I'm trying to be a disciple of Jesus? Does it get in my way when I'm trying to be loving, patient, kind, pure, holy, righteous, set apart? Does it help me run? And the reason we, I think we get stuck on that first question of, is it sin? Is I think because we, we generally don't passionately run and we don't have this passion about running for Jesus. 
We, we don't get up in the morning and say, okay, what is my course today? What is the race that's been marked out for me? In purity, in holiness, in humility, in love, in self-control, in evangelism, in courage. If that's the question that we wake up every morning to and ask ourselves, we'll no longer be asking, gee, is it sin? We'll be asking, how many things can I, can I throw off so that I can run more freely with God? So that I can run more freely with God. When a runner plans to run a race, some of you may have done. I know the Sigwarts are uh, avid runners. When, when you're about to run a marathon, I've never done it before. But I've seen a lot of people do it. Oh, so you, you don't just rock up. You plan. In fact, you plan a long way in advance. You, you figure out your schedule, what you need to do. You gradually work your way up to it. You have maybe a diet. You have training. You, you go into a plan. And to not go into a plan, things are bound to fail. Nothing but the simplest impulses in life can be accomplished without a plan. What, having food in the morning, that required some sort of plan. You needed to figure out, okay, we need to go to the grocery store, make sure I need to, if you've got kids, it requires more of a plan because you've got to find a time to pick them up, get to the grocery store, cook them food, and cook them. What, what, yeah, a, a plan is required for the simplest things in life. But do we, do we apply some of the same earnestness in planning that we have for our career, for our whatever, as we do in planning for our spiritual walk with God, for our family group, for our ministry? And, and thirdly and finally, this brings us to run with a plan. Again, 2018 will be a race. There will be a race marked out for us. And we need to have a plan. And I think a great way to do this is to have some goals for yourself. Personal goals and, and not just spiritual goals. I think we need goals in all areas. Physical, health, uh, mental, learn, like in all different sorts of things, we need to have goals. A plan for the new year. Not just idealistic things, but a plan that we think, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure out how I'm going to stick to this, how this can be accomplished with God. Plan how how you're going to spend time with your spouse to build a deep relationship and strengthen that relationship. Plan how you're going to spend time with with your kids, showing them that, that you love them, that that they need to love God. Plan how you're going to, to get the right amount of exercise as we, we all need <laughs> to stay healthy. Plan how you're going to get enough sleep, students. Instead <laughs> of staying up till 2.30 in the morning or 4 in the morning playing video games and whatever. Plan your vacation so that it really gives you rest and spiritual renewal. And and plan how you're going to pray, meditate on God's Word. And how it's going to really impact your life. Plan how you're going, to, you're going to reach out to someone next year. And help someone become a Christian. Help that, that friend at work, that neighbour, get to know God. 
These things require a plan, otherwise the year goes by like that. And we just think, wow, I didn't even see it go. We're just drifting. Without a goal and plan, the most important things always get pushed aside by urgent issues that will pop up. And again, if we have a vision, if we have a target, a goal, a plan, then we can say as we go on throughout the year, is this choice going to hinder my run? Or is it going to help it? Is it going to draw me closer to God? Or will it hinder? And again, we need personal goals and we also need to think about goals for our ministry, for our family groups, for our Bible talks, for students, for the teens, for the uh, singles, for all different ministries. We need to have some goals. How can our group mature and have deep convictions in the Word of God? Not being, drift, not being waved around by every word of teaching. How can we help others in our area become Christians? Plan how your group can impact the area that surrounds you. Church, I really want to encourage each and every one of you, before the new year, maybe if you have some holidays coming up, to spend a good chunk of time writing out a plan. And I mean saying, okay, I'm going I'm to lock out three hours where I'm going to leave the phone at home. I was going to say go to the park. Probably not go to the park. It's freezing cold. <laughs> maybe find a nice, quiet cafe, some cosy place you can go, no distractions, and bring your Bible, a notebook, Pray to God, read his word, and plan for 2018. If you have kids, do a deal where maybe one, one spouse looks after them for that time and then you take over another time. and Whatever, if you're, if you're a single parent, maybe try and see if people in the church, the students and teens are all... Uh, students and singles, the teens, you don't want the teens. The students and singles are always willing to help maybe another parent and take some time... Take some time to plan away from the distractions of life. Start reflecting on what 2017 was, some things you have to get rid of. Start focusing on some some things that that we need to do in 2018. Because unless we stop and, and just get away from the distractions and think about maybe ways we've been hindered, we'll get into the same cycle next year. And nothing will change. So make a decision before New Year's. I'm going to pick a day, organise it, two, three hours. That's time for me and God to plan my walk with Him in 2018. Stop it and, and think of different things that have maybe hindered your walk. Write them down, pray for them to be broken down, to be destroyed, to, to be defeated, and to plan for 2018. But then, I think, then in 2018, I think, set aside time. I think what happens is we come up with plans now or near the end of the year, and then we sort of just forget about it until now. Oh, yeah, goals or New Year's resolutions. Plan a time each week to sit down and go over that week coming up. Think, okay, how, how am I going with my plan, with some of these goals? 
What are some things that maybe have crept in that have distracted? What are some things that I just need to do? If we, if we can have that, that not just drifted through life, but a, a proactive running the race, God will do some amazing things yeah. in 2018. And, and as, we, as we plan and as we, as we go through the next year, discouragement will come. And so we will need encouragement. And, and I think we can get encouragement from this very verse where it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Such a great cloud of witnesses. As you sit down in whatever cafe, the Boston Tea Party Cafe, the whatever cafe, I don't know, whatever your favourite place is, where, as you sit there and write your plan... There is a great cloud of witnesses around you. And I think we think of witnesses as someone watching, like I witnessed, I saw, but, but I think this is also a witness as in I speak. And I think, who, are the, who is this great cloud? Hebrews 11, the our heroes of the faith. They finish the race, but they aren't just sitting back and watching. No, they're on the sidelines cheering you on. Because I think there will come times where we think, I don't believe I can do this. We know it will happen. It, it's bound to happen. But we got to remember, we have brothers and sisters on the sideline cheering for us. Moses, David, Abraham, Sarah. They've all run the race, they've finished it, and they've all come around and stood, and they're there saying, you can do it. Run the race. Moses says, I did it. By faith, I chose against the wealth of Pharaoh. You can do it too. Abraham is shouting, I did it. I was willing to do anything for God. And he blessed that decision, no matter how tough it was. So can you. Sarah is shouting from the sidelines. I was old and it looked impossible, but God did it. You can do it by faith too. Keep going. We have a cloud of witnesses. Though dead, they are still speaking and they're watching and cheering us on. By faith, we can do it. By faith, we can do it. Satan will want to get in there, tell you you're not worthy, you can't do it, nothing's changed before, why will it change now? You need to say, I'm not going to listen to that trash. I'm going to run the race. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to bend with my brothers and sisters and we are going to finish this race strong. Not drift there, we're going to finish strong. Church, let's reflect on the year gone. Let's plan for the year ahead and let's persevere and look to Jesus. And be encouraged that our brothers and sisters are in heaven looking on to us, witnessing to us. Let's run the race of 2018 with Jesus. Amen. Maybe we can just uh, close out with a